What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. CBS Sports is daily NFL podcast. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I do anything, really. Uh, but I'm here every single day. I'm Will Brinson, rocking it out through the offseason, hurtling towards the draft. April Fools. Fools? Ryan Wilson joining me because couldn't have an April Fools Day podcast without Ryan Wilson. What's up, buddy? Hey, a couple things. Uh, how did the NC State Pro Day go? Uh, okay, that was a good question. I, I thought that was, um, my response was in anticipation of maybe your next question or what I thought was going to be your question. How did the NIT tournament go? Oh yeah, how did NC State do in the NCAAs? That's that's the question too. Oh my god! Well, we didn't. The NIT was brutal. I went to the last game. It was at Reynolds Coliseum. Incredible atmosphere, loud as hell. It was like the set. Here they play. Uh, Lipscomb. <laughs> Please tell me this. This went the way I hope it goes because I don't know the score. It went worse than you. It, it, you could. Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. Lipscomb. Let me guess. I get three guesses. Kentucky. Is that where it is? I don't know. You don't even know. You lost a team. You don't even know where it's from. They may not even be a team. They may be an intramural team. I don't, know. I don't know where they're from. Kentucky, South Carolina, somewhere in the south, I feel like. Where is it from? Nashville. Oh, uh, uh, ironically. get a Lipscomb t-shirt. We're going to the draft. <laughs> so this guy for Lipscomb absolutely went off. His name is um, Garrison Matthews. Might This might surprise you, but he's a white shooting guard. Um, and he went put up Chris Corcione and you guys. He went put up forty four points in thirty eight minutes. Oh my god! I cannot believe I didn't know this. I'd have been texting my buddies back home like crazy because they're here's the here's the, here's the worst part. State was up two points with the ball and less than a minute, like thirty seconds left, and maybe fifteen seconds left. And um, Torin Dorn takes uh, takes the ball and. Passes it in. Oh no! They they get uh, they found Markel Johnson. He throws the ball to the other side of the thing, like you know, like in, in a good fashion. And like they're all walking down there to shoot free throws, but they changed the NIT rules. And so NC State did, actually wasn't quite there to shoot free throws. They needed a couple more fouls, so they were all confused. They go back to the other end of the court. Torin Doran is like freezes up when when Lipscomb plays defense. Doesn't manage. To call a timeout, instead throws the ball to a Lipscomb player. They bury a three. They go up by one. NC State loses. This never happens if Sidney Lowe's still the coach. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I mean, who is the coach? I don't even know who the coach is. Uh, Kevin Keats. He's great. Um, anyway, Duke, uh, Duke currently playing, but uh, NC State Pro Day was great. Um, there's uh, better, than, better than the Lipscomb game. Yeah, absolutely. There were. Um, it was the same day, actually. Um, a lot, a lot of action for me over on State campus on that day. Uh, no, it's good. Um, look, I thought Ryan Finley looked okay. Uh, didn't really impress. I, I will tell you this. I think I said it on the podcast. I don't know if I said this on the podcast last week, but, um, I think the Giants are going to take Kelvin Harmon with that second first round pick they got. It is so funny you mentioned that because I love Kelvin Harmon. I love it when I see him in person. I, I think he gets undersold nationally when we talk about these wide receivers. Great. And, uh, on Monday when people are listening to this, my three round mock draft, the first three round mock draft ever by Ryan Wilson will be, uh, on the website. I have Calvin Harmon going in the third round. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel good about it, but I, I think I, I, he could go 17. I like him a lot, and I think he's – if you're the Giants at 17, you need someone who is established. You don't need DK Metcalf who doesn't know what he's doing in terms of a guy who runs three routes and has an injury history. I like DK Metcalf a lot. People are sort of down on him now just because it's the time of year where people start getting down on guys just for something to do. Sure. But uh, So when you say Ryan Finley didn't look good, what what – Struck out, stuck out to you as him not looking good. I uh, just wasn't hitting guys on the. I, well, oh, in the in the scripted portion of the 
Yeah, throwing. well, so here's where it's a little bit awkward. He did some, he did a little bit of throwing. Um, oh, there were, all, there were no GMs or coaches there because it was during the owners meeting. Uh, scouts from every, all 32 teams were there. Finley, um, did the, his regular throwing and then the Giants asked to see routes, but not from, because of Finley because they wanted to see him from Harmon and, um, uh, not Demarcus. I get Demarcus. Jacob, Demarcus Jacoby Myers and um, and Stephen Lewis. Stephen Lewis could be a a sleeper too. He's coming off an injury, uh, but if he if he's if he's fully healthy, he's a nice little addition. So yeah, I mean, I think um, no, it was, it was a good it was a good good showing. I think the wide receivers probably stood out the most. Garrett Bradbury had a really nice day. I lock him into the first round. I think at this point, I have him going in the first round of my most recent mock draft. The other thing I wanted to mention to you, guess where I was last Friday. Um, 8 a.m. to, to 10.30 a.m. A widespread panic concert in Durham, <laughs> North Carolina. That would have been – that's a fantastic answer. That's where I was on Friday. Of course you were. My wife that's is – You told my, me you were working. Uh, I did? No. Okay. Uh, I was – actually was sort of working at a middle school up to the road where I was talking at career day. Oh, how'd that go? How'd it go? Insane. Well, here's a good thing. I had to do it because my wife's a teacher at the school, and she's like, look, you missed – 24 of the first 60 days of the year. So you're, you're coming to career day. I was like, all right, fair enough. And I was gone for two weeks at a time. You know, we have two kids. So that's the least I could do. Literally the very least. So I go to career day and it's sixth and seventh graders and you got to talk to 25 kids at a time, three different classes. And oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of pressure. The good news is the bad. <laughs> what? So the bad news is. Mel Kuyper's son is also in your class. So like, right, you're like right. the second, like, you're like, well, you that's sort of the, that is sort of the good news. I, I was the guy who did sports. I wasn't the guy who sold insurance or whatever. That was a career day that, you know, a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds right. hear about. So, uh, it actually went surprisingly well. No one threw anything at me. They asked a bunch of questions. Uh, upstate New York, a lot of Jets fans, not surprisingly. A lot of Le'Veon Bell fans now, of course. A lot of Eagles fans. Uh, I thought Cody might be in the class. Cody Benjamin, our coworker, he looks mm. like he's about twelve. He wasn't there. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I did. I spoke at my chapel at my old high school one time two years ago. They invited me to come back and speak. <laughs> about what in Tennessee or Tennessee? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I talked about uh, Matthew Stafford and related his career path and the multiple stages of his career to a real life scenario. And then pointed out that you always have to go back to basics and fundamentals if you ever start nice. to struggle. In Wait, life. were you giving the commencement speech? Uh, no, it's like a, they have a daily chapel talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that so sounds like you went all in. Oh, I went all in. I drove back to Chattanooga and planned the speech the whole way, like like windows down, driving on sixty four through the. You were blasting widespread. I was blasting panic, like Europe seventy two Grateful Dead shows. Uh, panic on on Friday night, by the way, fantastic. Where like, was it? Durham so it's like an actual theater, and they—that's a new place. It's yeah, it's really nice. It's uh, the Durham Performing Arts Center. It's not the type of place you would expect to see a, a jam band like Panic, but they rocked it out. Opened up with Papa Legba, played uh, Diner as an encore for the first time in 25 years. Mm, I don't know what language you're speaking, but rock, <laughs> rock on with your bad self. Uh, and so we should probably talk some football, huh? Let's get into some news. There's not a lot of it. A lot of it involving the 49ers, by the way. Uh, the C uh, CG Technology. The casino released their win totals over the weekend. We'll get to one more thing quickly before I forget. Sure. I also last week was on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. First thing I did mention Pick Six podcast. You've been on the you've been on there twice now. Well, the the reason I went on there two weeks in a row is because last week someone had to take their kid to swimming lessons as they always have to do and can't can't work. You may know that person. Um, that was me. 
Correct. Yeah. But I did mention the Pick Six podcast since you scolded me last week when I didn't. Oh wait, wait, Azer. So Azer was like, "Hey, we're gonna have you on," and I was like, "That's great." And then he just went to you because I said I couldn't do it on Wednesday because the time wouldn't work for Jamie. I'm looking to see if we got a a bump on the old iTunes rating because of your appearance. Hopefully so. Yeah. Well, we talked about it for 30 seconds, and I made the joke. Because Azer said Brenson was supposed to be on. I said, let me guess. He had to do something with Robbie. He goes, he absolutely did. He had to take Robbie to swimming lessons, which is the old excuse, as you were headed to widespread panic, no doubt. <laughs> My son's at the babysitter. I'm in panic. Uh, yeah, CG Technology, CG Sportsbooks released uh, sheets with over, under, win totals. Would you like to know what your Pittsburgh Steelers are? Eight and a half. That's Nine. My guess. Nine. Very close. Yep. I'm pretty good at this. Give me another team. The Cleveland Browns. Oh gosh, that should be eight and a half too. Nine. Yeah. The... You can't go crazy. You can't go like nine and a half. No one's going to do that. Well, maybe some Cleveland fans would do that. The um... oh, Los Angeles Chargers. They should. I mean, ugh. I'm going to go seven and a half. Ten. Oh, it's going to be one with the other. That's a tough division, though. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Bears. Seven and a half. Nine and a half. What are you doing, man? They just won the, won the division. That team is doo-doo. Let's be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't want to take the over on Chicago. Nine and a half. Uh, one I will be interested in playing, though, um, this year, and I was actually a little disappointed it was this high. I was hoping it would be a little bit lower. The San Francisco 49ers are at eight. Uh, Seahawks. Way eight. under. Oh, see, I like the over there. And I, also, the Seahawks, the Seahawks are eight and a half. The Seahawks are half game better than the 49ers right now in your mind? No, no, no. I, like, I love the Seahawks over. Yeah, no, that's right. Because I mean, they don't. We we've proven that that Russell Wilson. I mean, the Cardinals, Cardinals are five, and it's juiced minus one thirty to the under. So it's not. We're not talking. And the Rams are ten. And Why a half. do you like the Forty ers Well, um, I just think that Jimmy Garoppolo will be healthy, and that's uh, assisted he didn't by the play fact. Well, when he was healthy, we don't talk about that. He wasn't healthy very long, but. No, that's true. Three of these news items are related to the 49ers. That's why I was sort of segueing in that direction. Uh, Kyle Shanahan says that Jimmy Garoppolo said, looks like he could play now, expects him to be full go at training camp. You buy it or sell it. Healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, who I don't know if you know this, Ryan, uh, tore his ACL just like you. Not that's only just, did he tear his ACL, it did in September. So of course he's going to be full go by August. That's a eight to nine month recovery. By the way, that poor kid, uh, Okiki, I don't know what his name was, the Auburn kid that was lighting up UNC. Yeah. When he went, I was like, oh, boy, that's not great, his knee thing. And I think he ended up tearing his ACL, so that's oh, too bad. We, uh, we haven't done a podcast since Carolina played basketball. So Ooh, They got whooped. Man, they, they, I was at, again, I was at Wide Panic. I just kept staring at my phone. I was like, am I, was like, am I messed up? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I was like, like am I? I <laughs> As my dad used to say, they, uh, they beat them like they stole something. <laughs> <laughs> they beat him by 17. Carolina lost by 17 oh, to Auburn. Auburn advanced to the final four. Um I got Michigan oh, State. Oh, wait, did Auburn win on Sunday? Auburn beat Kentucky, yeah. Great job for Auburn. That's too bad the kid got hurt. I felt bad for him. But they oh. were – they were. look, man, here's the deal. And I was thinking about this even before the Auburn game, like in the first weekend. If you have five athletes – Oh, well, i got to give a shout-out to Ryan Lindsay, my friend who lives in Raleigh, who um, is a big Auburn fan, and he's very excited about his uh, – his podcast listener who um, who uh, is very excited uh, about Auburn advance. In fact, Ryan just dropped a uh, Hot Wheels toy by my house a few minutes ago. So ha- good for right, Lindley. Lin- Lindley? Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah, half a dozen. Yeah. But if you have five athletes, like six, 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 five, six, seven, whatever, you always have a chance to win in the NCAA tournament because if you can run and rebound, yep. have a couple guys can shoot, even if you went 18 and 12 or whatever, you got a chance. And, and Auburn wasn't 18 and 12. They're better than that. But, oh, um, yeah. 
That was, that was that's a good basketball team. Good for them. Yeah. I didn't know that uh what's his face Bruce Pearl was a coach. Yeah. But he's had he's had success in multiple spots now. He can quite um, come back cuz he got in trouble a while back, right? Yeah, it was for kind of a BS reason at Tennessee, but um by the way, a little 11-0 run for Michigan State. They're up 32-30 with 30 seconds left in the first half against Duke. Um Michigan State and Texas Tech in the final four would make me a lot of money. So let's hope that happens. All right, good luck. Uh my Calcutta, we did a Calcutta. You know what a Calcutta is? Mm-mm. It's where you go into, we went to a, uh, a, uh, local watering hole with, uh, eight different groups and we bid on the teams. We had an auction for the teams and the guy who's like in charge of it dressed up in a, uh, tuxedo and was like doing the auction. It was like and, a fantasy draft where you dressed up in a white tuxedo. That's right. But, but you bid, so like Duke went for a thousand dollars. Uh, wait a second, not real money? Yeah, real money. You had a thousand dollars just hanging out? I, mean, I didn't buy Duke. Was someone in your group did? No, no, no. Someone in someone some other group did. I mean, someone in the yeah. Okay. The top seat, Carolina went for like nine hundred seventy-five bucks. It's like groups of like two or three people um, who were buying this. We bought uh, Texas Tech and Michigan State. So. Oh, you guys pooled your money. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant one individual. Just no, no, no. There were probably like thirty people in there with like you know eight groups of like. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Um, good. I hope you. Met. So, what's the payout on a Calcutta? Uh, 40% to the team that wins it all of the pot. It's like six Ooh. grand. Um, 25% if you get the second place team. But here's the good thing for us. We have Texas Tech and Michigan State. If Michigan State beats Duke, we're guaranteed the se- at least the second place team because they're playing each other in the final four. There you go. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, anyway, I don't know how the hell we got there from the, uh, 49ers. John Lynch, 49ers GM, also said the Giants, they were trying to trade for Odell Beckham, but the Giants wanted the number two overall pick in this year's draft, and the 49ers were not were not willing to budge on that. I'm a little surprised that they couldn't find some package where, like, well, hey, we'll give you two, we'll move down to six, and we'll give you our second-round pick or something like that. I mean, you feel like they could have found a middle ground there, right? Well, yeah, the number two pick is way too steep for Odell Beckham. And they have the fourth pick in the second round and the third pick in the third round. I don't know if I'd want to give up that uh, fourth pick in the second round either. Mm. Odell Beckham for the fourth pick, yes, in the second round. But it's, they're, they're, the Giants aren't going to do that. No. The Steelers would have done that. They would have, they would have run to the phone, <laughs> take that phone call. But uh, I'm, you know what? Here's the deal. So uh, we'll refer back to my mock draft because that's a that's. I spent a lot of time on it. Nick Bosa going number two overall to the 49ers, and then they circle back in, in the second round and get Akeem Butler, who is 6'5". I actually love I love this guy. Yeah. At Iowa State, he ran a sub 4'5", the combine. He can catch everything you throw at him, yada, yada, yada. So they got him in the second round. Bosa plus Akeem Butler, is that better than Odell Beckham? And I feel like it, it probably is. We don't know what Butler's going to be. We know what Bosa's probably going to be. But um, they need a, a big play downfield threat, and they got that in Butler. They need someone who can rush the passer. Then Bosa, Odell Beckham is a great player, but but I feel like it's, it's okay to pass on that deal. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think you give up number two overall for Beckham. No, no way. No. And if you – so they had – I don't know. I don't even know what the what I'd be willing to take for the 49ers. I wonder how interested they were in Beckham. Probably pretty interested. I think very interested. I, th- I think, you, you know, you listen to – JLC, Jason Lock and Ford talk about it a lot, and he thinks, and he's not the only one who thinks this, but actually Cody wrote this story. Um, he thinks that there's going to be a lot of heat on John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan this year if they aren't uh, having a good season. Uh, I understand that on some level, but they, 
Shanahan in particular has had the misfortune of having players injured. Jerick McKinnon and Jimmy G uh, among them, unlike um, Steve Wilkes last year, who had no excuses for doing whatever he perpetrated against uh, uh, the great city of Phoenix, Arizona. So I, I understand that just because it's it's football. Um, but Kyle Shanahan is a fantastic coach. So uh, yeah, he, I, he, I'm he, with you. Work long. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right. It's gonna be a short podcast today because. By the way, quickly, uh, I don't know if you saw Jason Witten this weekend. What the hell? He got so rid he, of his someone, hair. I can't remember who this is. I can't, and I apologize for not knowing. But they said he did the reverse. It's Erlacher, I saw that. Yeah. Who, did, who was that? I don't know, but I mean, like, he basically just ditched a toupee. Well, so was that a toupee that he had on? I guess. I, so I don't if you know. Like during the Monday Night Football telecast, he had a full head of hair. Basically, he was sporting the Brinson. And then <laughs> when he did an interview this weekend, he looked like me. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think that he took the fake hair off? Do you think he shaved his head? Do you think when he did shaved he... his head, but are we do we know it's a toupee? Well, when did he when did he get that hair? Like, had he always had that hair? What am I, what am I missing here? <laughs> I thought maybe he's had a toupee for 20 years. I don't know. But I was like, okay, that's that's something. I mean, like yeah, like it looks shaved. And but... the thing is, that was the that was the least of his worries in terms of being a broadcaster, his hair. <laughs> but but I'm almost wondering if Jason Witten um, may have just been so uncomfortable with uh, with his fake hair that he that he quit he, broadcasting. He couldn't broadcast well. How about that? How about yeah. if his fake hair was such a burden on him that he couldn't handle three hours every Monday night to do his job? I Why mean, don't you shave his head on air and then he could have been free and all right. Free and there. So looking at this on the uh, big lead, they broke it down. Um, he definitely got something done uh, before the Monday Night Football thing because you see his hair when he's like, like previously he had it was clearly thin up top. Well, how do you? So does it? Too, so was it hair implant? It couldn't have been hair implants because he got it shaved, right? I guess he got to yank the hair implants out. Oh God! Just what are you doing? I don't know. It's crazy, man. Um, all right. Well, good. He looks better with his head like it is now. I I agree. He should just, I, like yeah, he, one ball person to another. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand why he didn't just go go bald for the Monday Night Football thing. Maybe he thought the Monday Night Football thing was the camera was on him for four straight hours. He didn't know that it was mostly about the football. I mean, I would have been a I would be a if I had to wear like a fake lump, like clump of hair on my head, or I knew that I had a bunch of fake hair, I would. 100% be less, be uh, like substantially more awkward. Well, maybe he was afraid, uh, cause he had a sense, I felt like, of how Twitter worked, cause he used to get blasted every week when he didn't, uh, when he miss, misspoke. Maybe he was afraid that Twitter was gonna find out a secret. Yeah. If in fact this is a secret, I don't know. But it, it is amazing how when you get a haircut, his hair, uh, reduced, um, by 60% or so <laughs> on top of that head is. Shaved his head and it just all disappeared. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and then we will come back and we will break down your 72 round mock draft. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right. It's draft time, draft season, S-Z-A-N, as the kids say. Ryan, you have wisely decided to uh, create a, a big Google Doc for your March 31st, three or April 1st, three-round mock. What, uh, what was the big change-up in, uh, in this latest rendition, outside of slapping me in the face by having Kevin, Kelvin Harmon fall to the third round? Yeah, first pick in the third round to the Cardinals. That's a huge get for. Well, first Kyle. of all, let's let's just say that if the Cardinals get if the draft goes like this for the Cardinals, hello, um, Kyler Murray round one, Dexter Lawrence at the top of round two, Kelvin Harmon at the top of round three, and it's not that crazy. I mean, like it's not mm-hmm. entirely likely, but that's not insane. And if they, Dexter if, Lawrence could be there. Kelvin Harmon should not be there, but just the way this thing unfolded, sure, and what the other teams need, and that's the other thing that you sort of have to weigh. Teams have different needs. Not everyone wants Kelvin Harmon, even though he's a top 50 player. Right. So if you look down to number nine there, does that pick that from the Bills strike you as weird? Quinnen Williams, number nine to the Slips Bills. Slips all the way to number nine. So here's what happens. The Raiders get Devin White at number four, the linebacker at LSU. Mm-hmm. And that's that could happen. He's a top sure. two guy. Sure. There are some teams that like Devin Bush, the linebacker out of Michigan, better than Devin White. Wow. Really? Yeah. I like Devin Bush a little bit better than Devin White. They're both insane. Both ran four four and change, low four fours. Um the issue with Devin White, I spoke to a scout that said he's not sure he's a great athlete, but he's he's more of a, a run stopping great athlete than a than a guy who can play in pass coverage. And that's sort of a concern if you're looking for a Roquan Smith or a Ryan Shazier in his prime type guy. So have Devin uh, White going four, Devin Bush going number five, and that's sort of upsets the Quinton Williams apple cart because he usually goes around that range. And then Dwayne Haskins goes to the Giants because they're not fooling anybody with this subterfuge. The Jaguars try to protect uh, Nick Foles with Jawan Taylor, 
I, I think that makes some sense. I like the Lions. Look, the Lions signed Jesse James, and, and P, uh, Lions fans on Twitter will say, we signed Jesse James. We don't need TJ Hawkinson. Jesse James is a blocking tight end. So, hmm. yes, you signed him, but I don't know if you're going to throw a lot of passes to him. And then at that point, Quentin Williams last to the Bills, and, you know, they love to have him there. Um, look, I'm not going to lie. I like the uh... – that's a great get for the Bills. Uh, I think it's a pretty good get for the Broncos to get Ed Oliver. And I do think that this sort of hones in on what you talked about with Calvin Harmon in that, I mean, of course every, people like him, but this draft is so deep. Like if, if, if those linebackers go early, then yeah, you could see, you know, you can see somebody like Quentin Williams slip because somebody needs a tight end or somebody needs an offensive lineman or, um, you know, somebody, you know, somebody needs to get a quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't think it's that shocking. Uh, what, uh, who, who creeped into the, um, the late first round here for you? I see Garrett Bradbury to the Ravens. That's not a surprise. Yeah, that's a new one. Uh, for me, it's a new one. I, yeah. you know, I know you had him going to the Panthers in the past, but, um, if they're going to be running the ball a lot, get someone to protect. Uh, the running game and, and to protect, uh, Lamar Jackson there, Garrett Bradbury. They need help in the middle of the, uh, of the offensive line. He makes sense there. Jerry Tillery. I don't know if you know him. He's, uh, out of Notre Dame, uh, interior defensive guy. He is a grown man. He's like 6'6. Um, I think he's 300 ish pounds, but he's a lot of fun to watch. A little inconsistent, but when he is on his game, he is awesome. So that's a guy that I feel like is sneaking to the first round. I have Debo Samuel going to the Patriots at the end of round one. That might be a little early for him, but they need help at wide receiver. He can play four downs. He can return kicks. And I feel like in that offense, he would be absolutely an absolute terror. And by the way, so here's who I have the Patriots taking with their 400 picks they have from <laughs> trading around and whatnot. So Debo at the end of round one, mm-hmm. and then they pick again late in round two. They have two picks in late in round, round two. I have them taking Charles Amenehu, who was a defensive lineman. Out of Texas, he's really good. He, he He's the guy who told me at the Senior Bowl that he's a bigger version of Chandler Jones. Uh, so if that's something that interests you, you might like Charles Amenehu. And then at the end of the, the second round, Jalon Ferguson had 45 sacks in his career at Louisiana Tech. You watch him play, he doesn't really blow you away. When you you read the 45 sacks and you watch him play, they don't sort of match up. He's a huge guy. He should be better, I feel like, when you watch him. But I figure if anyone can get the most out of him, it would be Bill Belichick. And then uh, in round two, round three, excuse me, they take two tight ends and a quarterback. So they take uh, Hale Waring out of San Diego State, who's been playing for like he didn't. Play, I think he played senior in high school. That was it. But he's an insane athlete. That's the one tight end they take. And then they take Dax Raymond out of Utah State at the end when they're comp picks and then the round three. Uh, he's a little more um, experienced, uh, a little uh, better route runner, all the other things. He's been playing football a little longer. But uh, Waring ran a four six, I think, at the combine. Dexter on a four seven five, so these guys are athletes. And then Clayton Thorson, who that name alone, someone you went to high school with, clearly. <laughs> but the quarterback, the cross player, naturally, at Northwestern, who uh, was injured. Um, oh, he's a, that guy's tough. He's tough. That's right. He tore his ACL in January twenty eighteen. That's how I know he's tough. Not a great deep ball thrower, but you know what? He's in, he's really good on short intermediate passes. Doesn't make dumb decisions. He's not afraid to take a sack, not, not afraid to throw the ball away. He's actually pretty athletic, more athletic than he looks. And that could be a guy to sit behind uh, your boy Tom Brady. But anyway, I wouldn't be surprised if they'd load up on tight ends because they need some and get a wide out. Uh, I like that move. I mean, I think if you're if you're the Patriots and all of a sudden you come into the – you know, you're like, oh, we don't have any weapons, and then you come out of the draft with two tight ends who can help you block and Debo Samuel who fits in well with what they already have and – uh, you got a potential long-term quarterback solution. You got to be feeling pretty good about that. What uh, 
Do the Redskins draft a quarterback in the first round? Not in round one. They get DK Metcalf at 15. And then, oh, they get Chris Listerman in round two, who's, um, he's a top 50 player. He's an interior offensive lineman, played guard at Boston College. He's awesome. He was starred right away. And then in round three, they get your boy. I think that's who I have him taken. Will Greer. Will Greer. There I he is. I love Will Greer. Do you? Yeah, sort of. Here's the thing. Like, he's not my number four quarter, uh, number five quarterback. Uh, is that right? Yeah, sure. number five quarterback. But I feel like that's someone the Redskins. Will Greer sort of reminds me of Colt McCoy. Sort of reminds me of Case Keenum. Doesn't have a great arm. He's mobile. He can run around a little bit. Um, sometimes he makes decisions that leave you wondering what, what the hell he's doing. And sometimes he makes a, he can make a big play. Um, I don't, he, he's probably worth the third round pick. Yeah. I wouldn't take him there if I were the Redskins, but, uh, uh you know, the Redskins need a quarterback. They, did, they didn't take Daniel Jones at 15. Um, maybe they consider it too rich for their blood. By the time that the Redskins were on the clock in the second round, the Bengals had already taken Daniel Jones. <laughs> in the second, in, in the second round, obviously. Yeah. The second round. And that actually makes a little sense to me. Sure. Um, he's not that different than, 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 um, Red Romo. What's his name? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. <laughs> That's, <laughs> this is how far deep you are into the draft stuff. You, like, I know, you don't remember Andy Dalton, but you know, like, Rock Yasin. That guy is a baller. Temple. Transferred from Presbyterian, which I think is in South Carolina, isn't it? He could, I mean, he could sneak into the first, uh, Absolutely could. Let me give you a name of, of a guy to watch, speaking of cornerbacks. Rocky Sin is one of them. Sean Bunting out of Central Michigan. There was some chit-chat on, on Twitter the last few weeks, so I went and watched him play. He is awesome. He ran a sub-4-5 at the Combine, maybe close to 4-4, four, four, 6 feet, 195. He is a grown man, and there's some conversation. He'll be like a tie. He'll, he'll go in the first two rounds. Um, I don't think round one, but maybe round two. And I, I liked what I saw a lot. Him and Rocky Center, two guys that a lot of people don't know about, but that are making noise uh, for people who that's all they do. What's the buzz on Jeffrey Simmons? I know you got him sliding into like the middle of the second round. Of really, that's a steal for the Vikings. Sure, yeah, Vikings get him. Like, at, yeah, yeah. So he tore his ACL in February. He'll be ready to play. I feel like everything goes according to plan by November. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots took him into round one. He's awesome. He's a top five, top ten player who just had the misfortune of tearing his ACL. He got in trouble in high school, and there's a video of him, um, I think, hitting a girl. I can't remember the specifics, but it wasn't great. But he's apparently, by all accounts, been a perfect citizen, a model citizen since then, and he's owned up to it and all the other things. I don't think that's a concern for NFL teams. But um, I would draft him if I were at the bottom of the first round. If I were the Chargers at 28, I'd think about it. Mm. Going on to, to every pick after that, whoever whoever's on the clock, he is awesome, and he's a game changer in the middle of the defense. He's not that much different than Quentin Williams. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think too, like again, the the landing, like if you can get him there late in the first round, you're thinking about a potential you know, fifth year option type of dude who can beef up. And that's the other thing; he'll yeah. be healthy for that fifth year, and you want to right. pay him. Right, exactly. What? Uh, how many wide receivers did you end up having going in the first round? Is it over? Uh, Three, two and a half. It's over three, right? Yeah, yeah. two and a half is probably good. DK Metcalf goes fifteen, mm-hmm. and Mar- then Marquise Brown seventeen. Seventeen, Marquise. I actually love Marquise Brown going to the Giants at seventeen. Um, and then Debo Samuel at. Uh, so that's three, yeah. Yeah. And then, in Kill Harry goes to the top of the second. I mean, there, Kelvin Harmon could go thirty-two. He could go to the top of the second. He doesn't necessarily have to last on top of the third, which is sort of a slap in his face. A.J. Brown's another guy. That, why Why do you think the Dolphins will actually take Drew Locke? Look, uh, Brian Griss said they're not 
tanking for Tua. He has to say that, of course. But <laughs> your theory, and I've heard other people have the same theory that they're tanking this year. I just don't. I can't. I can't buy into it. So uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a short-term solution. Okay. And Drew Lock. I actually like Drew Lock. He's a, so like I say every week. He's a little bit like uh, Jay Cutler. You can win with Jay Cutler. He might be better than Jay Cutler. And who's throwing the football in, in, in Miami? What's the plan? I, I think the plan Crickets. is the plan is uh, you tank. No, it's not a, <laughs> the plan is you tank. I think Drew Locke's going to be okay. The pro, I think he's going to be fine. All you right. can roll with Ryan Fitzpatrick for six weeks and get Drew Locke out there and see what happens. Who's your biggest winner for your first three rounds? Like if you had to take like you like you looked at it, you like man, I love what this team did in those three three rounds. I love what I did for that team in those three rounds. Let me double check here. Let's see. I think the. Raiders did okay, but that's because they have 40, 45 picks. Well, the Raiders Dev got White, De yeah, Devin White. Cleveland Farrell, Reedy uh -huh. Williams, and then Josh Jacobs. Jeez Louise. On paper, that's not terrible. Man, that's pretty good. You know what? I think I like the Colts draft, too. Let me see what they did here in the first three rounds. So they did Jerry Tillery, the guy that I love. Jonathan Abram is the safety out of um, uh, Mississippi State, who's a, a thumper. Mm -hmm. uh, Isaiah Johnson's a cornerback. He's... Oh, they got A.J. Brown, too. I love that. So A.J. Brown at the top of the second. That's uh, that's. Oh, because they got those multiple second-round picks, yeah. That's right. That's, that's the pick from the Jets last year for Sam Darnold. Yep. And then the guy, Isaiah Johnson, late in the third round, he's a, not a developmental cornerback. He's a former wide receiver. He's 6'3". He's huge. Has to work on some things. I don't, I don't hate that draft either. Let's see what my Steelers did. So they got Byron Murphy at 20, which I love. They got Paris Campbell in the second round, which I love. They got Ben Banigou, which is the he's the edge rusher out of TCU, who um a little raw, but uh people love his measurables, quote unquote. And then Imani Hooker, who is a safety at Iowa, who is a ball hawk, a guy that I like a lot too. So no, that's not a terrible draft for the Steelers who have needs um mostly on defense. I like it. Um for the Panthers, just because I'm curious. You got Montez Sweat at sixteen. I don't think he'll fall that far, but I like that pick for them. Yeah. The only issue is the heart thing, so that's sort of why he fell, but I agree. He's a top 10. Wow. Panthers fans would love this draft. Yadni Kajust in the second round. Is that he, he's, he's awesome. He just had surgery. Uh, I can't remember what it was for, but he'll be ready by by time uh, the season starts. And so that's a, obviously a big help for the offensive line there. And then Deontay Thompson, hard-hitting linebacker, maybe to replace uh, Thomas Davis, right? Uh, safety safety at right. Say, linebacker safety. Like, but he's like a sort of a box. He's actually not. <laughs> He's not. Is he? Is he not a box safety? He's a he's a free safety. Here's the thing about Deontay Thompson that's worth pointing Guess out. Guess I'll have to start he, studying for the draft. Well, he's been a first round pick for since the start of 2018 college football season. Yeah, yeah. But he had a uh, sort of a crappy end to, to the college football season. Didn't play well against Clemson, and um, he didn't. He has. I don't think he's still run the 40 yet. He's had issues, uh, injury issues. Didn't do it at the combine. I don't think he did it at his pro day. There are issues about his weight. He's like six two, six one. He weighs 180, 185. Can he play that way? That's the issue. There are concerns about his speed. We don't know how fast he is. So he could fall not only at the first round, but he could fall to the third round. And he's a great pick in the third round, I feel like, there. But uh, there was a first-round conversation about him for the longest time. Mm. Uh, and then um, who else? Anybody else? Anybody lose? I don't think – I don't think – I think it's going to be hard to find losers in this draft because it's so deep in the first and second rounds. Like, Let me ask you this. What do you think about – because it's not – the running back class is the position as a whole has been devalued. What do you think about the Texans getting my number two running back in the third round, David Montgomery? I I'm looking at the Texans here and I see Andre Dillard, Trayvon Mullen, Elton Jenkins, and David Montgomery. I think that's a pretty. All they have is they have Alfred Blue and they have um, what's his face out of, out of the U. 
uh, Lamar Miller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if you have a playmaking running back? What, isn't that something that Deshaun Watson would like? I yeah, absolutely. I love. I like David Montgomery. I think he's a good runner. I would be. I would be perfectly fine with anybody taking him in the third round. I think he's going to be an impact guy at the NFL. Uh, Riley Ridley to the Packers in the third round. They also got Brian Burns. Yeah, that the Packers fans, they have a lot of picks, so they get, they get on me about Juan Thornhill, the, the UVA safety have him going at the end of the first round. He's a guy who tested really well, but he had, a, he had a really good season. Yeah. Uh, Riley really did not have a good, uh, pre-draft process. I think he ran a four, five, eight at the combine. He didn't run much better in his pro day. Huge hands, great route runner, not a lot of production at Georgia. So there are questions about why, but he doesn't have to be the number one guy there in, in Green Bay. Uh, they needed a tight end. They didn't get one this draft. Um, TJ Hawkinson was gone by 12. Brian Burns was there, need edge rusher, so they got that instead of Noah Fant. So, yeah, this is literally what, <laughs> what I've been doing all day. Um, yeah, it's very impressive. Okay, Thanks. what else do you want to uh, to add to this mock draft when we get out of here? Uh, that's it. Uh, it's three rounds. Oh, God. So read it, please. But then I said, oh, God, because uh, in a week and a half, uh, I think there's a seven-rounder coming out. <laughs> Wait, you have a seven-rounder? Yeah, and I'll just, for the record, this three-rounder literally took me eight hours. So the seven rounder, I'm guessing it's gonna take a couple of days. Well, I mean, seven rounder, you just do four, five, six, seven, and attack it under your. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I had that thought in the middle of this. I was like, you know what? <laughs> uh, all right, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. Read his three round mock draft up on CBS Sports now. We will uh, be back on Tuesday to talk some more NFL football. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks for listening. Always fun, Ryan. Thank you.